what are the priorities? The Football League. Always has been and always will be. Why do you feel so strongly about that? Because that is the one that you have to have every single aspect of football management about you to win it. You've got to have endurance, you've got to have talent, you've got to be a little bit daft. You've got to have strength, psychology, you name it. And of course, you've got to have uh, very good players. But it's a real endurance battle over nine or ten months. This is Real Football Radio. Put the message in the box. Put the box in. With special guest, Bryn Griffiths. So welcome one and all. Hello, hello, welcome to Box 39. This is your weekly local community magazine music radio program. I am all over Bill Lawrence this week and we've cleared our schedules. Yes, everything out because this week's show is a focus on just one thing. It's our end of season football special. And we've got Box 39 stalwarts and members of the Cole U, Lexton Ultras, Ian Tallentine, Mark Harwood, and we've got our house band Ausgang Exit Reborn here live in the studio. And we're here with Box 39 for the next hour. And then from nine o'clock, we're live here again, still on Colm Radio, with Red Button, our later evening conversation and music show. So come on, let's join in the conversation. Contact us, please, on Twitter. You can contact us as at Colubrin. So let's get started. This is our football special coming to you out of Box 39. show Ausgang exit reborn couldn't help coming in early there but we got them back to the right time so at the start of this show we heard one of the greatest football managers of the last 50 years one young brian clough describing what a manager needs to be and it is an incredibly tough and unique job of course one which we all feel qualified to discuss and be critical of those who take on that awesome responsibility so who would want to be a football manager you're praised you're worshipped you're harangued and vilified very little job security only lonely often very lonely and unforgiven not me bill in april 2019 
John McGreal is the manager of Colchester United Football Club, our local fourth-tier professional club. 46-year-old McGreal became the full-time manager of the club three years ago, in April 2016. He had a playing career with Tranmere, Ipswich Town and Burnley. McGreal began his management career 10 years ago at the U's, working with the youngsters at the academy, progressed to the running of the under-18s and then took on the under-21s in 2014. When U's boss Kevin Keane was sacked following the U's relegation to the 4th Tier Division 2 in April 2016, McGreal was appointed as first team coach, a position he has held now for three seasons. Whilst he has not won promotion, he has not led a team to relegation, and in over 150 matches as manager, his win rate stands at 35%. Recently, our very own Bryn Griffiths, the legs of Colm Radio uh, Football, spoke exclusively to McGreal at the User Academy and Training Centre at Florence Park, where he was met at the entrance by a sign welcoming him, him into the Talent Factory. So you've gone through this career and you've had all these different managers. Who sticks out and what have you learned from them? Probably George Bailey sticks out. That's another link again going back. You know, George was an ex-manager mm. manager here a number of years ago. Um, and he's a little bit of a mentor now with the LMA. We have to link him with mentors with the, the LMA. Um, and I, I see George quite regular, you know, mm-hmm. just pick his brains. Um, so what was good guys. about him? Just oh, the way we... It was like a little bit of a... The players looked after themselves in a way, really. But mm-hmm. you knew George was there as a, a little bit of a disciplinarian. You had to play football. There was no question about mm-hmm. it. You had to take the ball. Um, obviously, he'd been brought up through the Bobby Robsons and stuff like that. And he was really football orientated. Give youth an unbelievable chance as well. Um, and I've just been picking his brains on that as well. Because even like your dad and Bent and stuff like that. Even, I think, Theo Walcott, I think he has him at Southampton. And Gareth Bales and stuff like that. So, you know, he's, he's been down that way with the youth as well through his career. I've been doing that with my start of my career at the minute as well. Um, and I just love to pick his brains. Another manager, ex-manager is mine, Steve Cotswold. I don't know one of pick his brains with as well. He's been, you know... And talking about George Burley, you've both got the experience of bringing the youth on. What, what, what's, what's George had to say about you, the best way to blood these young players into the team? It's, it, he knows what our club's about and we have got a DNA at the club, there's, there's mm-hmm. no question about it. And we know I've been given an opportunity, I've been here from, as I say, doing the under 13s. Um, so I get to know a lot of the young lads, a lot of the young lads in the team at the minute have been at me since 15, 16 years of age. You have Frankie Kent and Sammy Smothers, Tom Lapsley, just to mention a few. Then you've got the other boys coming into it as well. Um, so it, it, it's worked. It's, it's working pretty well and think, you know, you're just asking George. And George is local to the area anyway. He's been yeah. over and he's watched us um, over the Christmas time. And yeah, it's just, it's not so much just the young lads, it's just also picking his brains at this time of season. Uh, you know, what did you used to do? And I, I think that mentor, yeah, he must have seen a few player fights in his time. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that mentor type route, you know, works. And you just pick your brain. Steve Cottrell's another one, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, one that I'll, I'll pick the phone up straight away. And whether he's away or here, there and everywhere, he'll, he'll pick the phone up. So what, so what makes a good football manager then? How would um, you sum it up? I'm still learning, obviously. Still mm-hmm. learning this. But I, from the nearly three years in charge, is trying to be, obviously, staying on the line. You know, not getting too high, not getting too low with your wins mm-hmm. and your defeats. Um, believing in what you do, which is huge. I'm a firm believer in what I do. Hard work, obviously. Um, 
I'm a, I'm, I'm a football guy. I want people to, to play football and express themselves. And I think we've been able to, you know, you, you've seen that um, over the yeah. last three years in a way. Some of the football and some of the, the individual performances have been fantastic this year. And we, we want to, obviously, we want to win games of football. And I think since me and Steve have been. You've come up through the Colchester ranks as a, as a manager. You've talked already about you working with the younger teams. Um, we, we talk a lot about the, the Colchester way. Mm. Can you spell that out in your own words? What, what is that? Colchester way is, I've been here 10 years now in a way, and, um, with Tommy Humes and Richard all when they took over uh, as the academy. And you know, we started to implement what we, we deemed was the Colchester way, such, you know. Everyone must be comfortable in position, possession of the ball. Um, mm -hmm. We've got systems to play that we, we adapt to, but we, we primarily play a 4-3-3. Uh, we love pace, as you see in this year in the first mm -hmm. team. We've got abundance of pace within the team. Mm -hmm. That's you know that's what we do like, and you know we need to entertain. That's another part of what we want to try and do in Colchester. Obviously, winning games of football and try and get as high as we want, but also we want to try and entertain the pain public. And, you're not always going to get that because we want to win games of football as well. But um, it's trying to get that balance, which we're finding it. You know that inconsistency at the minute with the, the youth in, in the team. If we win well, we can also lose mm -hmm. the following week. So we've got to try and improve on that. But yeah, the Colchester way is you know uh, taking the ball and, and expressing yourself, getting you know earning an opportunity. But then when you get your opportunity, let's see what you can do. Not not pick up the bad points. Continue to work on what you're really good at and then try and still develop you know your weaker points because Carla Dickinson who works in your academy yeah she talked about exactly the same stuff when we interviewed her yeah and I think it's brilliant I think if you go across the country now um, with a cat two in you know in division two which mm -hmm. is fantastic for the club that's the academy status the academy, yeah. yeah the status you only have to look at the facilities for the first mm -hmm. team in the academy we've got a dome around the corner and then I think the way the boys have been performing on the pitch with being in and around the top seven all season with still two points off it as such, and all. but we've definitely got an identity. That's the big thing. We've got a DNA, and you know, and there's some individual performances this year have been really mouthwatering. And you look at it and you think Absolutely. some of them have been absolutely fantastic, and some of the team play as well has been fantastic. We've still got to work on other parts of the game. There's no question of that. You know, when to grind out more than the one nils. Um, but it, it's one where it's been a highly successful season. We just want to try and continue that going to the last. Listening to Box 39, and this is Ausgang Exit Reborn with their very last appearance, all 16 of them live here in the studio. And this is Britain as seen only from its motorways. And 
and I am contractually obliged for the last time to say that Ausgang Exit Reborn are sponsored by Barry's Burger Van on the A1044 by Stanway Golf, Golf Course. So welcome to all of you listeners. Welcome to everyone here in the studio. It's our football special. So let me describe to you the scene here. Uh, on my left, I've got Mike Harwood and Ian Talentai, regulars on the show. And on my right, I've got Bryn Griffiths, the shoulders, knees and toes of Com Radio Football and John Burns. We're welcome to do... Uh, delighted to welcome rather John Burns who's chair of Colchester United Supporters Association hello John Oh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yes. thank you for inviting me. You just lost mesmerised by <laughs> Ausgang Exit, or over there in the corner, I'm sure. Well, anyway, you can all join us here live uh, on Twitter. It's uh, at Colubrin, B R Y N, is the Brin, C O L U B R Y N. And join in our conversation with John Burns here on Box 39 Live, or join us afterwards for our extended chat show, Red Button, comes up at nine o'clock, when we'll be looking at whether Colu can claim that playoff place. So tonight it is a football special and we are going to be reviewing a Colchester United season of two distinct halves to wallow in the joy that was the pre-Christmas use and carry out the post-mortem on the corpse that was the post-Christmas Colchester United. And to do that, (laughs) we have here Bryn Griffiths, our very own voice of football and John Burns, the chair of the Colchester United Supporters Association. So let's go. Let's, as they say in the Gazette, do some banter with Burns. Bryn, over to you. So, John, you're the chairman of the Colchester United Supporters Association, the leader of the Roman army when we go to away matches. How long have you had the job? Oh, uh, I've been lucky enough, I think, to be in the role for about 20 years. Took over from a a, a decent chap, very good chairman, nice guy called Chris Hazelhurst. Um, And got a wonderful committee behind me. Um, And it's been really enjoyable. So tell us, what does the support association do? What's its role? Um, it's, it's, it's predominantly, it has been since I've been involved, um, uh, organising the coaches um, for many years um, for the, our members to travel away to watch the use away and support them. We're doing more these days um, with the um, Football Supporters Federation. We like to do more for our members. We like to be, in other words, if they've got a problem, um, if they've got some sort of issue with the club or even an away ground, which we've had uh, over the past few seasons, we like to take that forward for them. Okay, so it's represent, what, representing the fans. What, one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in is this, this notion of the fans as the 12th man. I thought that the South Stand was arguably the best player in the team last Saturday. Could you tell us a little bit behind that? The, the, I think they call it the Tifo performance <laughs> that was, was put on on uh, Saturday. How did that come about? Because I think it really made a difference. Well, I've said many times, I think we've got some of the best supporters uh, around the country that I've seen at this sort of League 1 and League 2 level. Um, We're kind of hindered to a degree that our stadium is a a 10,000 capacity uh, with most of the good um, noisy fans, shall we say, in the South Stand. With the, uh, I think they they went through GoFundMe, a few of the fans raised some money and there was balloons, there was ticker tape, there was inflatable footballs which I'm sure the stewards would have almost loved to have confiscated at any moment but luckily they didn't uh, a nice guy waving the flag around it all went well and the atmosphere was brilliant wasn't it and and it helped the positivity on the pitch I thought yeah when you say inflatable football it was in fact the biggest football I've ever seen that would be <laughs> bouncing around <laughs> in the same stand it was quite well I, I seem to remember uh, years gone by or maybe in the last season like when they one or two inflatable footballs came into, into play as soon as it went over that barrier the stewards r- r- snaffled it away very quickly 
Yeah, I seem to remember a rather odd inflatable in a Colchester United Cup match at Leia Road. Uh, are we allowed to mention that one? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. <laughs> you remember it? Uh, yes. So you say the supporters club works with the National Footballers Association. What, what kind of things do you work with them on? What, what are the issues that you're campaigning on? Well, the, um, we've got closer with the Football Supporters. We've been a member for many years, but we've got closer with the um, Football Supporters Federation, uh, who are now combining with Supporters Direct. Um, we've done that for the last couple of years, and several of the committee members have been down on regular times to their London meetings. Um, also been to some of their organised meetings um, um, with, the, like the, with the EFL. And they're looking at quite big issues. There's some quite strong players in the room when they go to the meetings, like you know the people, fans representatives of Bolton and Blackpool, and Blackburn and a lot of a lot of other clubs which have got very got serious to problems. Blackpool after that yeah. fantastic um, um, victorious campaign this year. They had remarkable dedication um, and uh, to get to get rid of what was a a, a pestilence of an ownership um, that was demoralising the, the football club and it was, it was really sad. But they did so well up there. Yeah, I think that we like banter and we like to have a go at the fans from the other side, but I think we've got to show respect for Blackpool fans. You've got to be organised. You've got to be very organised. You've got to have a lot of committed people to do what they did in and outside the stadium over a long period of time because it's so easy to give up when things aren't going your way. Um, so that, that's the introduction to the Supporters Association. We'll be back later in the show to dissect that season of two halves, John. Indeed, I'm looking forward to the corpse of the second half. <laughs> well, uh, that's a brilliant. Thank you, mate. Next part of McGreal's interview is coming up after another piece of music. Then more from John, as Bryn said. And don't forget, send your sweets, uh, your tweets and your sweets to <laughs> call you Bryn, so you can also join in our conversation. Yeah. 
Stats, I'm interested in that. There's lots of stats talked about in modern football. Are you a bit of a Wenger man when it comes to analysing what's happening? I think every manager now is into stats. I think it's 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 there. It's how you use them. Obviously, you can. You so, can what are you look? What stats are you getting, and what well, are you looking at? Stats you can look. You can work from GPS stats of a, of a training session. So you can, you know, if say you go from Saturday to Saturday, we'll put on sessions throughout the week where we'll be looking to hit different types of stats at different types of runs and sprints in training mm-hmm. to try and mirror what we try and do over Saturday. But then also you look at different stats of final phase entries, um, centre forward, runs in behind their back three or their back four. You can use stats on how, because we've got a video analysis person here who, you know, straight after the game will be tapping into him straight away and he'll be calling the game. So on the Monday, when yeah. you're doing the analysis and you're sitting down with the players to reflect on the Saturday, just talk us through what's that like? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you talking to the players about? Dependent on if, it, if it's on a Tuesday, um, we'll be in on a Sunday, we'll probably you know tend to go over it on a Sunday or a Monday. That's you and your managerial team? Yeah, me, me and Steve. Yeah, yeah, me and Steve and the analysis will go through and, we'll, and we'll, we'll, get, we'll pick things out. But more often than not, um, we'll all watch the game on Sunday after the game. We'll come with our own little ideas. Uh, Griffin analysis, he'll have his ideas, he'll have things cut again as we talk about the Colchester way, how we want to play, how we performed, mm. did the white men get in the game enough, um, defensively did people recover into you know, little things really, straight lines behind the ball, so we'll all look at that on a Monday morning um, and then what we'll do, we'll, we'll base again our opposition who we're playing, so for instance Berry, we, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at the analysis of what they've done their last three, four games, so we'll go through that as well. So not only we look at our own game from the previous Saturday and what we can work on, we'll then also analyse the opposition. And so what you should, and how you communicate and sharing that with the players and preparing them. Yeah, we'll always have meetings, uh, whether it's a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, definitely the, you know, we have a couple of prep days, Thursday, Friday, if it's a free week. So uh, the Monday will be a little bit more of a recovery, possibly a little bit of analysis to mm-hmm. get them thinking about it, of what's happened at the weekend. But generally, it tends to be the Thursday, Friday, and a little bit on the Saturday to the build-up to the opposition. So, what are you telling about the players and the opposition? Because people talk about Don Revy virtually had a book about the other team, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I think you only have to look at the outset athletes. I think it's, it's so important. I think it's one where you know you have to do. We've got the facility. We've got the people to do it. Um, we've got the scouts that go up and down the country. As I say, you know, as I'm sitting here with you now, you'll see all this. I can see about five uh, scouting reports oh, on the table. Absolutely. So we, you know, there's no stone unturned. Uh, the boys get everything that we, we deem is right for them, and you know, it's it's proved really worthwhile. You know, and I think now every manager uh, does that. move on to the systems and tactics you like to employ. John Barnes, and he should know because he's playing some teams, hasn't he? Talked about your team being very fluid. 
How do you set your team up? Tell us about the formation that you like to play. What's your system? Because that Colchester at their best this season, that, that fluidity is yeah. unusual at your level. It is, yeah, um, and you know the boys are being applauded for that as well. Um, it's one again. It's whether it's a four-three-three or a three-four-three. Um, we bring in whatever that system is. It's all that work that we've done behind the scenes of all the pre-season work, working with a couple of systems, and also the players working in day out every training, having that fluidity in training. Big part I said to you earlier on in the conversation. They must take the ball. They must take the ball mm. under pressure and be able to try and beat a person or if you're a defender, I don't want you just whacking it up top and knocking it in the eyes, I want you to be able to pick your passes. Because again, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm a football nut and I want to play the right way, that I firmly believe in. It's about football, and it's real. It's Real Football Radio. And this is Ausgang Exit Reborn with Day Trip to Northern Central Essex. Big Sue on fine form there on the trombone. Now, Ice Gang Exit are off on a tour of vegan golf clubs of the Norfolk Broads. We wish them well. So welcome all to all the guests. Hello to Ian, to Mike, to Bryn and John Burns, of course, chair of Coltish United Supporters Association. Bryn has been receiving tweets already. He's uh, on at uh, Colu Bryn on Twitter. They're coming in thick and fast. Ian, what have we got so far? Um, I've got one here. It says, Bryn, I hear your interview and John McGreal got a bit of a mixed response. Uh, yep, yeah, Tim says... Sorry, stop listening when he said he gets advice from George Burley. He, he didn't listen to much, did he? Mike, you got another one there? He certainly didn't. Yeah, I got one from uh, Cole You Phil, and uh, he says, um, didn't even get that far, saying it is another one of the suck... Is this one another one of the suck-up interviews where the interviewer's toughest question is, what does McGreal have for breakfast? <laughs> no, 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 I'll pass on wasting time on that one. Ian anymore. Uh, Dan said it was a great interview, but even he said, in the context of reserving the right to boo as a real fan when he's not happy, I've got to admit, I don't like that, but we'll talk about that later, I guess. Bryn. Bryn? Uh, I think there's uh, any more there, Bryn? What do you think? Bryn, Bryn there, he's tied up in his tweets. It's either that or Big Sue's trombone. I think, I think <laughs> the tweets coming in. McGreal's still got a lot of support, and the Hardy crew at Newford Oval were still chanting his name the other day. John McGreal's blue and white army, they're saying. But I can see the mood shifting, although I have to say, maybe it's moving back a bit again after MK Dons. Um, in the first part of the interview, we, we looked at the Colchester United Support Association role. And, and at the beginning of the season, it, it was absolutely brilliant, John. We were seeing all sorts of good performances. I remember the 3 all at Oldham. I remember beating MK Dons. I remember the 6-0 against Crewe. 
what happened at Christmas? Uh, uh, Christmas is for me the Christmas months are either the uh, making or breaking of Colchester for over the years. I don't, I don't know. I think we were what we were third at Christmas, weren't we? Uh, uh, fantastic! That performance at MK Dawn's was was my game of the season. Uh, only almost matched by the um, uh, home game last week because the way we worked at MK Dons was fantastic. And then I don't know. It's 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 not as if we were losing loads of players in the transfer window. Uh, maybe there was lots of rustling behind the scenes amongst the players about potential players leaving or potential players coming in. It all seemed a bit unsettled. Um, and I can't quite put the, my finger on it why it's gone downhill. Yeah, we shouldn't have been dropping points against the like of Notts County. That was just... No, that was that was a bad day. What, what for me is we, we over those first few months of the, of the year, we just we just occasional good wins, you know, like Northampton and and Cheltenham, and I think we, we got some consistency. We shouldn't couldn't get the home results results right as well, and just and if you don't get your home results right, and you're not winning or drawing at home, you're not picking up the points, then you just feel as you're losing out big time, and that's what we did. Yeah, I was I wondered whether in the second half of the season there was a bit of a worry that other teams had found us out because I was up in Macclesfield and John Barnes really packed the, the midfield and, and Colchester just looked a different side after that match. Yeah, uh, Mac- Macclesfield, um, as I first, my first visit there for years, a lovely place to go, very um, interesting ground. Um, yeah, they, they, um, they, they did outthink us, they, they worked out a plan against us and we, we struggled. Uh, we struggled with the physical side of the game in that game because they, they were scrapping for points. Uh, we found it very hard against them. Yeah. I, I wish Barnes well, actually. I, I, I hope he does it. I hope he's just about made it, hasn't he, to stay up. John Barnes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Good old John Barnes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's, I, I hope they do as well. He's, it, he's, don't you say, though, John, it's, it is a cyclical cyclic, thing. Circular thing. Cyclical. Cyclical, that's, that's the word. In the course of a season, there's going to be ups and downs, and we're a club with a small club in terms of uh, budget and number of players in the squad. We're always going to have a time when the tight team are very tired and there's some injuries. It's a question of when what we do during that time, isn't it? That's you know we're always going to have the good times, but when we have the bad times, we've got to have some sort of plan B. Did we have a plan B this year? Um, you, you look and look at the substitutions. You can look at some of the um, starting 11s. We, 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 everyone in this room and everyone listening and everyone who's a Colts United fan is always a football manager and they've always got different ideas haven't they yeah. it's it's hard to say It's uh, I think there's a plan B it's probably even a plan C I've seen him change formation during yeah. the game yeah. Um, some of the substitutions well that's up to him do you, do you feel he's growing in that this year is, that, is, is growing as a manager with his, with a better use of a plan B I mean I certainly thought he did he, he made some great uh, substitutions in the, a few games ago he seemed to get it in about end of March start of April didn't he yeah it's, it's when things are going well beginning of the season when you're winning games you're scoring goals getting clean sheets and everyone's buzzing you think crikey we've got a team here yeah. and you know and we're challenging in the top top three or four of the table you think everything's going right and every decision is like perfect spot yeah. on on. Then when things aren't going so well, you think, oh, that decision, you sure? It should have come on the pitch five minutes earlier. Yeah. You know, that yeah. chance have been taken. We often see those substitutions coming in very late. I, I, I don't get the 58 with two minutes to go. So mm. what, what, what's all that about? I th- Sometimes I think he could put those subs on earlier. He's, I th- he shows, for me, incredible trust in his players on the pitch. Um, and he gives them the faith to carry on, the belief to carry on. He's, he's not one to make uh, quick substitutions. Um, whether that's a failing or a good thing, I don't know. But um, if he's going to learning, if he's learning on the job, um, and he's the football manager, he's in charge of the team, then, then that's part of it. 
So, uh, what were our hopes like, Bryn? Were they dashed after a beautiful start to 2019? Well, I think we should leave it to Freddie Mercury from Queen. We, we had a beautiful start in 2018, and Freddie Mercury is going to capture our emotions now on the promotion push at this difficult time. Sing, Freddie. Sing for the Colu fans. Love of my life. his favourites and this is As Memories of Dutch Elm Disease Fade. And uh, while the last gang exit I can report we've got a tweet here and this is from Donna and Donna of Norwich and she says Hi Bryn I'm having a lovely slow sensuous soak in the bath while I'm listening to the show glad you could join me. I'm also drinking a glass of fizz to celebrate Norwich City's promotion. Feeling a bit smug and excited. Well, I bet you are, Donna. I bet you're feeling smug and excited. Well, 
Well, welcome everyone as well. And welcome to Donna's Bath, I think, for everyone there. Now, the uh, football special here, we're with Ian and Mike and Bryn and John. Delighted to welcome John, of course, Chair of Coltish United Supporters Association. Mike, over to you. Well, there's uh, a lot been said this season about uh, Hasmagreel's lack of uh, a plan B. Richard Jeffrey says he has no idea if plan A doesn't work. No idea tactically had his chance but should be sacked or move sideways and bring back Phil Parkinson. Oh, he has got a long memory. Anyway, here's what Bewildered had to say on the message boards in response to the interview. No doubt McGreal gives his best under the circumstances, but managers like players find a level. I sense this is going to get slightly more critical. Unable to progress out of uh, level two with constant inconsistencies, for example, uh, unable to get a run of results together, conceding goals at vital times, lack of goals from set pieces. These things are all too familiar, which gives the impression of a lack of experience and judgment. The current management seems surprised by opposition changes in games that win matches. Um, and considered in the top positions during the season, it's bound to come to an end. So I sense the, the, the mood's beginning to shift, John, among some of the Colchester United fans. I still think that McGreal's got the support of the majority, but has he, has he performed tactically as, as well as he should have done? I think we had a really good squad this season and maybe have under, underachieved a bit. The squad at the beginning of the season was fantastic um, to get some really key players in, like uh, Harry Pell and Big Frank. Uh, and the way we started, everything clicked into action. The players knew what they were doing. Goals were going in. We could be clean sheets. It was really, really good. Um, has he got things wrong tactically? That's probably not for me to say. But but you, you, th- you can always question things when things aren't going right on the pitch. Um, Troubles with your supporters. You, you you always want to be the football manager yourself. You want to be behind the team, giving instructions, saying you play there, you play there. We don't like the play. You come off. Thank you very much. Um, I, th- I, th- I think I think John McGreal has, has had a tough season. Um, a, everything started well, then it's kind of the wheels have fallen off. Um, but if if, it's, if the season ends as it is, I think it is an opportunity lost. Yeah. So where would you put the, the, the weight of the call? Is it the midfield decimation that we suffered just after Christmas, or is it he's been tactically found out and he's a bit of a one-trick pony? Which do you think? I, I think it's. Uh, I think a lot of contribution has come from the uh, the the midfield crisis we had. If I'm honest with you, uh, lack of creativity in the middle of the field, and that's not um, bemoaning any of the players we've got who came in and, and filled those boots. You know, Diaz Wright and Tom Lapsley, who've got a lot of time for. Getting Ben Stevenson was good, but we had to play him every single game, and he eventually ran out of power. And you needed that because our, our front men weren't 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 scoring. Um, they were we were creating chances, but we weren't hitting the back of the net. And without that midfield buzz and creativity I think well, that's where we kind of fell apart I wonder whether we've still got a relatively young squad whether when we lost those key players and they, they hit a losing room whether because of the youngness of the side that it hit their confidence harder than it should have done you've got to remember everyone's a human being yeah. um, you know and, and football is unique in sport in, in that the pressure and the, the media attention and, and from the fans especially is, is, is immense um, you know they're not teenagers anymore but they are young men you know early 20s a lot of them uh, and they have um, excelled at times for, for, for their age group um, some really good players we can think of now that won awards uh, last last Monday night could be on the way of uh, leaving the football club and that's not because they've had bad seasons it's because they've got young potential 
Yeah, I think we mustn't forget that we should see this as a season as two halves, and there were some fantastic performances in the first half of the season. Tell us about the award winners, because I think the there was some deserved gongs the other night. Well, exactly. I mean, uh, Frankie Kent picking up the uh, the main award. Um, he's uh, I've seen. Oh, I first saw Frankie play on the youth team when he's probably 15, 16 years old as, as a centre half there, and um, he was he was exceptional then in, in a very good team of players. Um, and he's come on leaps and bounds. And if, if he has a wonderful career in this in in the football, uh, whether it's us or away from Colchester, I'll be uh, over the moon. Ryan Jackson, who has had a great performance um, this season at, at right back, um, long throw specialist, loves a shot, doesn't he? He, he gets the ball anywhere near his feet. Throwings are almost as good as the cards. Oh, they than are. Some of the cards, they are. They? they are remarkable. Um, he's done really well. That's that's a weapon he's developed this year as well. Uh, I've got a lot of time for Ryan Jackson. He's a, he's a constant performer. Um, one of our award winners was uh, Tom Lapsley, away uh, player this of the year. Yeah, correct. That's right. Uh, I like Tom. Yeah. I think every she- team should have a Tom. <laughs> uh, if I'm honest with you, <laughs> I see him as a sort of a Nobby Styles player. It's not always pretty, but the other team. I'm, I'm not old enough for Nobby Styles. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> he, he's one of those players that you want in the midfield that annoys their side, breaks up the flow of their team, stops the crisis as emerging. He's absolutely crucial to the team. Yeah, I, I agree with him. He's, he's a top player, and uh, well, I hope he, again, like Frankie, goes on to a, a great career in football. I think, Bryn, I, I got thrown into a bit of a reverie thinking, who's John Barnes? Who's John Barnes' manager of? And I think you meant yeah, Sol Campbell, though, didn't you? Sol Campbell there, a great Sol manager of Macclesfield. And hopefully he's, uh, you know, if we ever have a vacancy, he might come our way. You never know. Anyway, great chat. Thank you very much. We've got the next part of McGrill's interview coming up, folks. And don't forget, if you've got a tweet, send it to Cole U. Britain. And uh, we will look forward to receiving... Anything like that that uh, you want to throw our way. Box 39. What's in it then? There's not going to be so long before the end of the season. What's your plan for next season? How can we push on? Yeah, we're already looking into that now. That's all recruitment, um, obviously contracts and different things will be coming over the next couple of weeks. But again, as we're still in around it, there's no mention of what's going on with contracts. It's, we've got a job to try and do to keep the boys focused. We don't want them to be you know, head turned anywhere else or start thinking about you know, um, sorting out contracts with the director of football. We've just kept that level. We haven't mentioned it at all. We're just trying to finish the season as well as what we started it. That's the big thing. And then obviously, as we've already spoke about, we're already on recruitment drive at the minute now behind the scenes with, with the recruitment team looking at possibilities of, you know, replacements, if not replacements, fresh blood coming in. Um, and looking at you know, Academy boys pushing yeah, to absolutely. break into the squad. Again, you're looking at this year we've made a couple of, you know, um Oli Kensdale have made the debut, Ryan mm. Clappen's made his debut, Norwich Yolvers has made his debut, Todd Miller, sixteen years of age. The youngest boy at the club to ever play for Colchester made his debut. Them, them four have, have sprung to mind of late, but the three early ones, Noah, Ryan, and uh, Oli Kensdale, they'll, they'll definitely be in the forefront because they've been with us all season. You know, it's we're always looking for the next 
next group, what's the next group coming in, what's the next group coming in, and that's another... It's one of the things that makes us really proud of Colchester United. That and that's of. another part of the Colchester way, as we were saying, that we're always looking and we're always got them next group coming in, as I said in the fans forum, I'm not interested in the defeats the 18s of ads and the 23s and this, that, the year that has, you know, our fans will look at. What I'm looking at, the next best thing is, how did Oli Kensdale play that game? Was he better than their centre-halves? How did Robert Childers play that game? How's Todd Miller doing now as a 16-year-old up against the 22-year-olds in the 23s? That's how we view our 23s and that's them we go, yeah. We get him involved into the first team, get him training. And Todd Miller's been training with the first team for as well. He's been coming in on his, on his day release and he's been training with the first team as well. So it's given him that experience again just give him a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a jolt, a little bit of an injection of positivity, because he's a player that we really do think a lot of as well. Well, I look forward to seeing them because we've got some, we've had some exciting players come yeah. from that academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These young boys, you know, we're, we're really proud of these young boys, and that's, you know, that's it's all about Colchester. We give these boys an opportunity, but also they've got to repay that opportunity. And I think they've definitely paid that opportunity. As I said, they've played now over 100 games, a lot of them. Uh, I think Tom Lapsley signed a new contract mid-season as well. And so it, it, it's brilliant news and you know we're just hoping now until the end of the season there's still a lot more joy to come from. Finally, this will be going out on the Thursday before the end of the season. Have you got a message for the fans after the season? Um, listen, again, it's, let's hope we can get ourselves in a round because we've been in it all season. That's the big part. Um, we've got to obviously improve on our uh, consistency. But again, I really truly believe, you know, since it took over, I wanted to get the fans in the club and that connection with the fans, we want to improve on that again. I think the arrivals of the Harry Pels, I think recruitment was really good last year. Yeah, it was. You know, and that's another thing, we've still got to improve on that again and that's hence why we're looking at recruitment already because uh, we want to improve every year and we've been able to improve on the wins this year from last year uh, but we want again, you know, we want to now get a couple more wins from now to the end so, of the season. So close season's coming up, I think we had our best close season in many years in terms of recruitment last year. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree, yeah, yeah, especially since I've been here and it's again we've got a lot to improve on it. So how's the team going to be working when the season comes to a close to refresh the team, bring some new blood in? How was the recruitment team? Yeah. Yeah, again, we, we have meetings. We have a weekly meeting on the recruitment team. Uh, we had one Tuesday just gone. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at dotting the I's and crossing the T's already. There's a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, with Tony Hughes, the director of football, me and Steve and Mike Still. Uh, and we, we just don't want to leave any stone unturned. You know, that, that's, that's what we want to do. Well, I think on behalf of every Hughes fan, we wish you luck with that. And last season's close season was a brilliant one. We look forward to those academy players coming through. And we've seen some great football this season, John. So thanks very much. We appreciate no problem, it. Anytime. and this is my real voice when I'm not pretending to be from Essex. (coughs) Every Tuesday in the deep of the night, starting at 0-hundred hours here on Cone Radio, I present Bill's Big Bag of Onions. It's got nothing to do with onions, and there is no bag. 
just an eclectic blend of well-crafted music and thought-provoking spoken word. You can get it if you really want You can get it if you really want You can get it if you really want But you must try Try and try Try and try You'll succeed at last mm -hmm. Persecution you must fear You've got to get your share Got your mind set on a dream You can get it, don't want it to seem You can get it if you really want You can get it if you really want You can get it if you really want But you must try, try and try Try and try You'll succeed at So she's playing the flute now. Just as this, uh, Ausgang Exit Reborn, with their latest uh, record. And, of course, it's Mission Impossible. Very relevant, perhaps, to what's coming on. And we're going to be chatting about that later, about Colu's end of the season. So welcome back, everyone, to Box 39. Uh, we've got a Women's World Cup special edition of Box 39 coming up on the 4th of July. Uh, Cricket World Cup special and the Ashes specials coming up. So it's a great summer of sport. And, of course, we've got our new band replacing Ausgang Exit Reborn, the Contracts over and where we're welcoming next week imperfecto so red button as well last bit of advertising that's coming at nine o'clock and we're going to see whether coltish united can claim that playoff place now ian what's on them texts well it's actually twitterville and i've got oh, yes. tomo Sorry. saying uh, no highs such as promotion no playoffs no cup runs no relegation survival battle had nothing for years replace him it's long overdue yeah, uh, Malachi on Twitter says we probably have one of the best sides in the league and we should have been higher up the league than we are. So, turning to you, John, if he doesn't do it on Saturday, if he doesn't at least get a victory, is his time running out? He's one of the most long-standing managers in, in League Two. Can I interject here? Because what I want to know is, is that corpse going to rise again before the end of the season? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, um, Matt Hudson tweets regularly every time a football manager in the league um, uh, gets the sack or resigns, and uh, um, you know about half, half the managers in the football league have gone this year so far. Is is, is his time up? N- not in my book. Um, I, I I quite like the guy, uh, and I, I'd like to see him here for the start of the next season. Um, if he's got the uh, the backing of the chairman and the players, then I'd like to see him give another go. Yeah, I think so. We, we, we had a fantastic close season last summer with some superb signings. What do you think of the current squad? Are we good enough? What, what do we need to sort of improve upon? What, what should we look into doing this summer? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, it depends who leaves, of yeah. course. Um, I think um, I'd like to see the goalkeeping situation sorted out, if I'm honest. Um, it's um, no disrespect to Gilmartin or Barnes. But when it's a little bit um, shaky and not quite sure what's going on at the back, I think we need, we need a consistent number one. You know, Sam Walker was a terrific player, fans' favourite, and he, he's moved on. I'd like to see someone else, or one of those two, actually staking a claim for that position all season, not in and out. Um, and uh, we've got to keep our players going forward. If we can start keep creating the, play, uh, the, the chances, then I can think we'll put the goals away again like we did at the beginning of this season. So goalkeeper's your, your main... I think it all starts at the back. Um, if you go to confidence at the back back there, I, I love our back four. Someone at the back there and build from there, and someone to m- move the ball around in midfield. And if Sammy goes, we, we definitely need a forward. Yes, yeah, Sammy, we need someone with the energy and the enthusiasm and, and, the, and the buzz that Sammy brings to the the football team. Because um, without him, you know, he's 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 not the biggest, he's not the strongest, but by God, he's effect, effective on the pitch, especially in and around the box. Uh, and you need someone like that in your team. I read on one of the um, sports tweets, um, Price of Football, the tweeter calls himself, that the used football arm's losing 65000 a week and Robbie Cowling is owned, owed a massive £22 million by the club. Do you think the used fans are being a bit unrealistic in thinking that we, we, we've got a right to be in the, the playoffs and we've got a right to be promoted? We've got 3,000 fans. How is it going to be funded? Yeah, it's 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 the old conundrum. Do you do you do you gamble by by looting, putting loads of money into the football uh, club um, for players for players' wages? He tried it in the past, got fingers burnt. He'll fully admit with that. Um, so it's been a few seasons of, um, uh, of being tight on the money side. This because of the end of the deal with the councillors being tied up. Um, a bit more money's been released. He's put it into the squad and backed his manager with what he wanted. Um, I think um, Robbie's a, a businessman, and he's, I, I, I'm not going to debate any of his financial decisions at all, really, because that's his business, and it's tough. And if I was losing that sort of money per week on a business I was running, I would feel, feel quite protective about it. He'll make the right decisions, I'm sure. Yeah, I always think that when people shout Robbie Cowling out, how does that work then, when that 65000 disappears per week? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's, who, who's going to come in with the money to buy him out of the, uh, buy him out of the football club? Um, not many people around this part of the world. Uh, I don't see many um, foreign people, shall we say, um, with uh, lots of oil in their back pocket um, sitting in the West End watching our games of football. Yeah, I think it's true, isn't it? Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that entirely. You look the around the country. question done to end with yeah. Lincoln. Can we do our bit? What do you think is going to happen in the other key matches? I'm quite confident we can go there and, and get three points. Um, because um, we played um, MK Dons away and beat them at home as well and played really, really well. We've beaten Lincoln, you know, big old Lincoln with some good players. I thought we made them look quite average at home this year. 
they're promoted, they're champions. Well done to them. Good luck next season. Uh, we've got to go there and not just concentrate on our game. It's we'll be very lucky if all the other matches fall into place, though, won't we? Yeah, I've, I've, in, in my uh, newspaper bit this week, I've said you know everyone's going to be uh, one eye on the, gr- on the on the game and one eye on their mobile phones, aren't they? Yeah, because all the results yeah. can be flying and all over the place. Um, it's going it's going to up and down all the time. Well, I think we're now. Now I'm going to put you. I'm going to put you on spot, all of you, gentlemen. Ooh. I'm going to say, what is your mark out of ten for the use this season? And second part of this is, should McGreal stay and go? Very quick, ten seconds each. Bryn, what do you think? Well, it's it was the season of two halves. I'm going for nine out of ten before Christmas, five out of ten afterwards, seven out of ten overall. Should McGreal stay? I definitely think he should start next season and we should definitely see how he's doing at Christmas. He's got my support for another season. That's a Mike Harwood 10 seconds. Now, Ian, how about you? Seven and a half. Um, I would say that we're probably two places below where we should have been. Um, And on that basis, if we don't get into the playoffs, he's basically failed this season. So go, you're saying? I didn't say go. I'm saying this season he's failed. Okay, okay. I don't hold the purse strings, Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> Mike, what do you say? Well, I'm an Ipswich uh, Town Sissing holder, but I've been <laughs> suffering over the years that uh, I've um, not switched my allegiance, but I've been going to, I saw six games, uh, Colts to you games, and uh, won two, which was uh, lost four, which was a better record than an Ipswich. So I was feeling pretty good. So it's um, four plus two is six out of ten for me. And John. And I should add, I've seen some really good football uh, at Colchester. Uh, I'm quite optimistic that things can be turned around. Oh, right, good, John. And your verdict? Uh, I'll get I'll, uh, for this season. I'll I'll give them eight out of ten. I think I've seen more football this season that I've really really enjoyed compared to previous seasons than there have been there have been disasters for me. Um, and should John McGreal stay? Yeah, I'd like to see him here next season, please. Great news, Bryn. Bill. I've got to read this tweet out. On the ball, City. Exciting times for Norwich. Didn't like that bit. But the bit that interests me is nearly as exciting as listening to Bill Lawrence's sexy voice. Oh, wow. Donna McGee. Marvellous Donna. piece of music on Box 39 tonight. The song that was at number one in the charts on the day that Colchester United beat the mighty Leeds United at Layer Road. That's Saturday, the February the 13th, 1971. Let's channel the spirit of Layer Road. Give Lincoln a pasting. Come on, George, sing it. Mm, my Lord, I really want to see So, I'm Bill Lawrence. I've been joined on Box 39 for our football special this week by Ian Tallentire, Mike Harwood, special guest John Burns from Colchester United Supporters Association, and, of course, by the Colne Radio voice of football, Mr Bryn Griffiths. Thank you, as always, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you. And thank you, John. Thank you, Bryn. 
a last word to Ian Boots to Africa Fitch. Never give up. Even if it's not this year, the consistency of a manager securing his position and a squad not reliant on loans from higher divisions will reap promotion very soon. Ian, we salute you. We will never give up. The team never did, and as a result, we go into the final game against Lincoln with a chance. So, from Studio One, high up on the fourth floor of Cone Radio Towers, high above the fallen fertile lands of Northeast Essex, it's time for us to close Box 39 once more. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. And I'll be seeing you. And I'll be seeing you. And I'll be seeing you too. Box 39 has been a guppy production for Cone Radio.